are listening to the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the four-volume, over 2,500-page work by the Venerable Maria of Agreda. If you would like to discuss today's reading, you can do so over on Facebook, and there you'll be able to interact with other listeners and followers and share your own insights into today's readings. Now, let us thank God for the life of Venerable Maria of Agreda. Almighty God, you will that all people know the saving power of Jesus' name. Throughout time, you have sent missionaries to your people who proclaim the good news. We thank you for sending Sor Maria to the Humano people and planting the seeds of the gospel in their heart and in our land. She taught them the good news and prepared them for baptism. We look to her example and holy life and wish to be taught by her today. Sor Maria, teach us how to pray and meditate. Teach us how to imitate the virtues of Our Lady. Teach us the mysteries of our faith. Almighty God, stir aflame in our hearts the same missionary fervor of Sor Maria, so we may be as emboldened as she was to proclaim the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Today is day number 193, and we are reading from Volume 3, Book 5, Chapter 11, Paragraphs 119 to 128. Chapter 11. The deep knowledge of the Most Holy Mary concerning the seven sacraments, which were to be instituted by Christ the Lord, and concerning the five precepts of the Church. 119. In order to complete the beauty and the riches of the Holy Church, it was proper that her founder, Christ our Redeemer, should institute the seven sacraments, which were to serve as the common treasury of all his merits. Yea, the creator of all these blessings himself was to remain really present in one of them, as the nourishment and consolation of the faithful, and as a pledge of their enjoying him eternally face to face. For the perfection of the knowledge and grace of the Most Holy Mary, it was necessary that the fullness of these sacramental blessings be transplanted into her dilated and ardent soul, in order that, to its full extent, and in the same manner as it existed in the heart of her holiest Son, the law of grace might be written and recorded in the tablets of her mind. In his absence, she was to be the teacher of the church, and she was to instruct the primitive Christians to venerate and enjoy these sacraments with all the perfection possible. One twenty. By a new enlightenment, each of these mysteries in particular were accordingly made manifest to the Blessed Mother in the interior of her Most Holy Son. In regard to the first of these sacraments, she saw that the ancient law of circumcision was to be honorably laid aside and to be replaced by the admirable and sweet sacrament of baptism. She was informed that the matter of this sacrament was to be pure natural water and that its form was to contain the names of the three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, thus implicitly including faith in the Most Holy Trinity. 
She understood how Christ, its author, was to impart to this sacrament the power of taking away all sins and of perfectly sanctifying its recipient. She saw the admirable effects it was to cause in men, regenerating them, so as to constitute them adoptive sons of God and heirs of heaven, infusing into them the virtues of faith, hope, and charity, with many other virtues, and impressing upon their souls the character of children of the Holy Church. This, and all other effects of this holy sacrament, were made manifest to Most Holy Mary. Thereupon she sought her divine Son, with burning desire, to be allowed to receive it in proper time, which he promised her, and as I shall describe later on, afterwards really fulfilled. One twenty-one. A like understanding the great lady also received concerning the second sacrament, that of confirmation. This is given in the second place because baptism is intended to engender the children of the church, while confirmation is to make them strong and courageous in confessing the faith received in baptism, augmenting the first graces and adding thereto the graces suited to each one's state. She understood the form matter, minister, and effects of this sacrament, and the character it impresses upon the soul, and how by the holy oil and chrism which form the matter of this sacrament is typified, the odor of the good works of Christ in which the faithful participate by faith, while the same only in a different way is also indicated by the form of the sacrament, namely, by the words used in its administration. Corresponding with these enlightenments, our great queen elicited heroic acts of praise, thanksgiving, and fervent petition, desiring that all men draw from these fountains of the Lord and enjoy these incomparable treasures, while acknowledging and confessing him as the true God and Redeemer. She wept bitterly over the lamentable loss of so many, who, in spite of the preaching of the gospel, feel not its healing powers. One twenty-two, In regard to the third sacrament, that of penance, the heavenly lady saw the usefulness and necessity of this means by restoring souls to the grace and friendship of God, since by their frailty they lose it so often. She understood its requirements, and the power of its ministers, and the ease with which the faithful can secure to themselves its blessings. As the true mother of mercy, she gave special thanks to the Almighty for providing such a powerful medicine against the repeated and daily faults of her children. She prostrated herself upon the ground, and in the name of the Holy Church, she reverently acknowledged the sacred tribunal of confession where the Lord with ineffable kindness relieved and solved all doubts of the souls in regard to their justification or condemnation, leaving it to the judgment of the priests, whether they should grant or deny absolution. One twenty-three, Especially deep was the intelligence of the most prudent lady in regard to the sovereign sacramental mystery of the most holy Eucharist. Her penetration of its secrets surpassed that of the most exalted seraphim, for to her was manifested the supernatural manner of the presence of the humanity and divinity of her Son, 
under the appearances of bread and wine, the power of the words of consecration, by which the substance of the bread and wine is changed into the substance of his body and blood. While the appearances remained, how he could be present at the same time in so many diverse parts, how the sacred mystery of the Mass was to be instituted, in order that he may be consecrated and offered to the Eternal Father to the end of times, how he should be reverenced and adored in the Holy Sacrament in so many temples of the Catholic Church throughout the world, what effects of grace he would produce in those who were to receive him more or less well-prepared, and what punishments would come to those who receive him unworthily. She was informed also of the faith of the believers and the errors of the heretics. In regard to this mystery, and especially of the immense love of her son, in thus resolving to give himself his food and nourishment of eternal life, to each one of the mortals. One twenty-four. By these and other enlightenments concerning the Most Holy Eucharist, her most chaste bosom was visited with new conflagrations of love beyond the conception of human intellect. Although she had invented new canticles of praise and worship at the enlightenments which she had received concerning each article of faith and each mystery, yet in considering this great sacrament, her heart expanded more than ever before, and prostrate on the ground, she spent herself in new demonstrations of love, worship, praise, and thanksgiving, and humility in sentiments of deepest sorrow for those who were to abuse it for their own damnation. She burned with the desire of seeing this sacrament instituted, and if she had not been sustained by the power of the Almighty, the force of her affection would have bereft her of natural life. Moreover, the presence of her Most Holy Son was also calculated to moderate the excess of her longings and enabled her to abide the time of its institution. Even from that time on, she wished to prepare herself for its reception and asked her son to be allowed to receive him in the Holy Sacrament as soon as it should be instituted. She said to him, Supreme Lord and life of my soul, Shall I, who am such an insignificant worm and the most despicable among men, be allowed to receive thee? Shall I be so fortunate as to bear thee once more within my body and soul? Shall my heart be thy dwelling and tabernacle, where thou shalt take thy rest, and shall I thus delight in thy close embrace, and thou my beloved and mine? One twenty-five. The Divine Master answered my beloved mother, Many times shalt thou receive me in the holy sacrament, and after my death and ascension into heaven, that shall be thy consolation, for I shall choose thy most sincere and loving heart as my most delightful and pleasant resting place. At this promise of the Lord, the great queen humbled herself anew, and prostrate in the dust, she gave him thanks, exciting the admiration of heaven itself. From that hour, she began to dispose all her thoughts and actions with the objects of preparing herself for the time when she would be allowed to receive her Most Holy Son in the Holy Sacrament. And during all the years, she never forgot or interrupted the acts of her will. Her memory, as I have already said, was more tenacious and constant than that of an angel, and her intelligence was greater than that of all the angels. 
Therefore, as she always bore in mind this and other mysteries, her actions corresponded to the great knowledge from that time on also. She continually and fervently besought the Lord that he give light to mortals in order that they might know and revere this, the greatest of all sacraments, and that they might receive it worthily. Whenever we receive this holy sacrament in proper disposition, and so it should be always, we owe it next to the influence of the Redeemer, to the tears and prayers of this heavenly mother who merited this grace for us. If any of us audaciously receives it in the state of sin, let him know that besides the sacrilegious insult offered to his Lord and God, he also offends the Most Holy Mother, since he despises and abuses her love, her pious desires, her prayers, tears, and sighs. Let us exert ourselves to avoid such horrible crimes. 126. In regard to the fifth sacrament, that of extreme unction, Most Holy Mary understood the object for which it was instituted, its matter and form, and the part borne by its minister. She saw that its matter must be the blessed oil of olives, serving as a symbol of mercy, that its form should be the words of supplication, spoken while the senses with which we have sinned are anointed, and that none other than a priest could be its minister. She knew its object and result, which are the help afforded to the faithful in the danger of death, and strengthening them against the temptations and assaults of the devil, so frequent and terrible in the last hour. Thus, he that receives the sacrament worthily recovers the strength of soul, which has been lost by the sins previously committed, and also, if it is useful, health of the body. At the same time, the sick are moved to sentiments of devotion and to a desire of seeing God, while venial sins are forgiven, together with some of the effects of mortal sin. It stamps upon the body the seal of heaven, though not an indelible one, so that the demon dares not approach where, by grace and by his sacraments, the Lord has taken up his habitation. By the power of this sacrament, Lucifer loses the authority and right acquired over man through original and actual sin, so that the body of the just, which is to rise and with the soul is to enjoy its God, may be properly marked for its union with its soul. All this the most faithful mother and lady knew, and for it she gave thanks in the name of the faithful. 127. Concerning the sixth sacrament, holy orders, she understood how her most blessed son, the provident founder of grace and of the church, thereby constituted apt ministers of his sacraments for the sanctification of his mystical body and for the consecration of his body and blood, giving them a dignity above all men and of the angels themselves. This caused in her such an extreme reverence for the dignity of priests that she began from that moment to revere and honor them. She asked the Almighty to make them worthy and efficient ministers of his grace and to inspire the faithful with a high veneration for the priesthood. She wept over the faults as well as of the priests as of the people in regard to their duties toward each other. But since I have already spoken of the great respect due to the priests, I will not now expatiate upon this subject. All the rest which pertains to the sacrament, its matter and form, its effects and ministry, was likewise made known to the Most Blessed Mother. 128. She was also instructed in the great object of the matrimony, the seventh and last of the sacraments, namely to sanctify and bless the propagation of the faithful in the evangelical law 
and to typify the mystery of the spiritual marriage and close union to Christ and his church. Ephesians 5.32 She understood how this sacrament was to be perpetrated, what is its matter and form, what great benefits resulted from it for the faithful children of the church and all the other mysteries concerning its effects, necessity, and power. For all this, she composed hymns of praise and thanksgiving in the name of the faithful, who were to share in its blessings. At the same time, she was informed of the rites and ceremonies to be instituted by the church in future times for the ministration of the sacraments and for the well-ordering of divine worship among the faithful, also of the laws of the Holy Church, for the government of the faithful, especially of the five precepts of the church, namely to hear Mass on her feast days, to confess and partake of the most sacred body of Christ at stated times, to fast on the appointed days, to give tithes and first fruits of our earthly goods to the Lord. This concludes our reading today for day number 193. We've been reading from Volume 3, Book 5, Chapter 11, Paragraphs 119 to 128. We continue to learn about Our Lady's relationship to so many things in the scriptures, to the sacraments today, these outward signs instituted by Christ to give grace. There's so much that could be said about the sacraments that we just heard about. We heard about confirmation, and in the numeration, it was the second sacrament that Mary references. And that sacrament is to strengthen. Now, there's been great debates in the church about the right ordering of the sacraments. We have moved confirmation in many dioceses to after First Communion, whereas others believe it should happen right at First Communion. We have this mindset that religious ed is a graduation with confirmation and that families won't do anything afterwards. And so this sacrament of confirmation is one that is misunderstood. It's one that's we don't really know what to do with it, except, of course, we know that if we've been confirmed that we've truly received the gift of the Holy Spirit. Our Lady also saw the great necessity of the sacrament of reconciliation for the people of God, that it was a way that they could be healed, and so that pleases her. And it's why, again, look at her apparitions. She often talks about the sacrament of reconciliation, about her reception of Holy Communion. She asks, will I be able to receive you? And Jesus says, yes, that will be my gift. And for us, it talks about worthily receiving the Holy Eucharist. That's something for us to think about and to examine our conscience every week. And to say, do I need confession? Am I worthily receiving the Holy Eucharist? Mary also loves her priests, she says today. It's a good reminder for us to pray for our priests, I think. To pray that God will help them and bless them, fulfill them, strengthen them. All of those realities that we can pray for in their regard. I'm Father Edward Looney. And throughout the year... I'm reading and reflecting on the four volumes of the mystical city of God. I'm grateful you joined me today, and I hope you'll join me again tomorrow. 
Until then, may God bless you and Mary pray for you.